Will you please pray with me? Heavenly Father, we give you thanks today for giving us the incredible gift of life. To Connor and to every one of us, thank you that you provide everything that we need, even the stuff that we take for granted, even the stuff that we worry about. So Lord, help us live in your kingdom, here and now, not just when it comes in its fullness, but in this present moment, living for your glory, serving others through the power of the Holy Spirit. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. A couple of weeks ago in our Youth Alpha class, we explored the question, how can I make the most of the rest of my life? And, you know, that's an important question for 8th and ninth graders to be thinking about as they look forward to moving through high school, getting into college, figuring out what the next steps and where God might be taking them down the road. But that's equally as important a question for every single one of us, no matter what stage of life we're in. How can we make the most of the rest of the years that God has given to us? Whether it's going to be 80 more years or 18 more years or 8 years, our society has all kinds of answers to that question. Well, if you want to make the most of the rest of your life, society tells us, then chase your dreams or chart your own path. Follow your heart. That's, that's kind of the theme of every Disney movie that you've ever seen. <laughs> Follow your heart. Do what, or, you know, uh, do what makes you happy. Or discover your purpose within yourself. All you really need to do is look deep inside your, yourself and then you'll really know what you should do. Bookstores devote entire sections to help self-help books on these topics. But there are also more insidious messages that our culture tells us. Things like, work hard so that you can become significant and successful, because you don't want to be a loser. Make people remember you. Oh, Try to get your 15 minutes of fame. Get rich by any means necessary. That's the solution to a, a, a full life, is having lots of things, having a big bank account. Keep up with the Joneses next door. You know, that, that little green-eyed monster starts to get a hold of us, and we start the comparison game rating ourselves, where we're at by the size of the, our house or our cars or whatever it is that the other, someone else has that we don't. Make other people jealous, our society tells us. And find someone so that you won't be lonely. You can't possibly be happy just by yourselves. And so... And, and if you need to, then entertain and distract yourself so that all of those whispers in your head, you can keep them at bay. 
And then anything that hurts in your life, numb it. Numb it with a pill or with a drink or with religion. <laughs> Whatever it takes to get yourself through the day. The problem with all of this advice is that it turns other people into tools that you use to get what you want. It puts you at the center of the universe, like an eternal two-year-old who thinks that everything revolves around me. It feels good at first, chasing after your dreams and putting yourself first so that you get all the attention. After all, Frank Sinatra sang that, uh, that song, I've lived, I've lived a life that's full. I've traveled each and every highway. And more, much more than this, I did it my way. Regrets, I've had a few. But then again, too few to mention. I did what I had to do and sought through without ex exemption. I planned each charted course, each careful step along the byway. And more, much more than this, I did it my way. You know that old saying, it's either my way or the highway. Either you go along with what I want or you take a hike. A lot of marriages end because one or both of the people think they're not getting what they want. But if you travel down that path of selfishness far enough, if you refuse to grow past being a two- or three-year-old, you'll find life is empty. Trying to find purpose inside yourself is fruitless. The writer of the Old Testament book of Ecclesiastes tried, to, tried everything that he could think of to find meaning and purpose. And he found it all empty. He was... We don't know exactly who he was. It says he was a king of Israel, uh, perhaps Solomon. And he, he had this to say. He said, All things are wearisome, more than one can say. What has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. I have seen all the things that are done under the sun. All of them are meaningless. A chasing after wind. This guy tried absolutely everything that he could to live a full life. You know, first he sought after wisdom. He tried learning and books and gathering as much information as he could about the world around him and about how to live a good life. But he, and he became one of the greatest wisdom, you know, most wise people in his day. And yet he found it to be meaningless because he saw that fools and wise people came to the same end. And he realized that with much wisdom comes much sorrow. The more knowledge, the more grief. So then he tried another path. He decided he was going to go seek after pleasure wherever he could find it. He withheld nothing from himself. You know, he was rich. You know, he, 
He accumulated all this stuff, all this wealth. He had all these relationships. He had a whole harem of, of women for himself. And, and then when he didn't find enough satisfaction there, then he took on all these great projects. He did building projects and you know, created these uh, incredible structures. Tried to you know, really make his mark in the world. And yet he said, I denied myself nothing that my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. My heart took delight in all my labor, and this was the reward for all my toil. Yet when I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. Nothing satisfied him. If you pursue a particular relationship with all of your heart, you will find that that person will disappoint you. If you follow your heart and chase after your dreams, your heart will betray you. And your dreams won't come true exactly the way that you want. If you focus your life on getting money, you'll find that money can't buy joy. Money lets you buy things that can make you happy, but only for a little while. Our, our, our country is founded on the ideals of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. But if you, when, you, when you pursue happiness as the end goal, you never get enough. Uh, it, it, happiness is a temporary feeling that you only experience when things are going your way. The pursuit of happiness is a dead-end road. We are the richest nation in the world, and yet in the past 15 years, our use of antidepressants has gone up 65%. Numbing our pain doesn't make it go away. Our self-made kingdoms crumble. If you want to find true life, if you want to experience life to the fullness, then don't listen to the ads on TV or try to find your purpose inside yourself. Instead, Go to the source of life. In Ecclesiastes, the writer finally came to this conclusion in chapter 3. God has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. I know that everything that God does will endure forever. Nothing can be added to it and nothing taken from it. Jesus said this to his disciples, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Instead of saying, Me first, my way, my will be done, Jesus teaches us to pray, Thy will be done, and thy kingdom come. 
Lord, let your will be done in my life and in the world. And let your kingdom, your loving, gracious rule be the focus of my life and spill out into the rest of the world. Now praying that prayer, we sometimes just go right over it and we don't even realize what we're praying for. But uh, Paul, Paul Tripp, a, a Christian author, uh, writes a, day, a, a weekly devotion each week. He calls it uh, Wednesdays, in the, uh, Wednesdays in the Word. And this week, he, the title of his devotion was, Are You Sure You Want to Pray This? Thy Kingdom Come. He says, I don't think you could pray more dangerous words than those three words. Thy kingdom come. If we truly understood what we were saying, we would probably pause before inviting this upheaval through our door. This often overused and underestimated petition can only be answered by turning our lives upside down and inside out. Let's be honest, he says. We don't always greet God's kingdom with delight. We want certain things in life, and we not only want them, but we know how, when, and where we want them. I want my wife to be a joyful and committed supporter of my dreams. I want my schedule to be unobstructed and predictable. I want my peers and neighbors to hold me in high esteem. I want to be successful. I want the pleasures and entertainment. I prefer to be available on demand. <laughs> we have TiVo at our house. <laughs> we never watch commercials. I don't want to suffer. I don't want to live without. Have you ever stopped and listened to yourself? Does the soundtrack to your life sometimes sound like this? I want, I want, I want. It's humbling and embarrassing to admit, but a lot of the time we just want our kingdom to come and our will to be done. When there's no larger kingdom to capture my allegiance, my life sadly becomes about what I want and how I can use other people as a vehicle to get what I want. The simple prayer that Christ teaches us with thy kingdom come is the antidote to a selfish and self-destructive life. Thy kingdom come. These three simple words are words of surrender, words of protection, and words of freedom. When we are living not for ourselves, but for God's purposes, our lives suddenly have real depth and meaning. The Apostle Paul says that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Righteousness is a right relationship with God and with each other, where hurts are set aside, forgiveness is offered, and a new start is given every day. Peace, in the Hebrew language, peace is shalom which means more than just an end to violence. It means healing, wholeness, everything restored and working the way that God wants it to be. And joy is not just shallow happiness that depends on our circumstances, but deep, 
abundant, durable joy that lasts even when things aren't going our way. We make the most of our lives by living not for ourselves, but for Christ, serving others through the power of the Holy Spirit. Paul says in Romans, offer yourselves, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. A sacrifice costs you something valuable. Your money, your time, your effort, your dreams and wants. A sacrifice includes giving up what you want to provide what others need. That's what Jesus did for us. He took his cue from Psalm 40, which says, I desire to do your will, O God. He taught us to pray, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And he lived it out. In the Garden of Gethsemane, when he was facing his own suffering and death, he prayed, Father, take this cup from me. Don't let me go through all of this suffering. And yet, not my will be done, but your will be done. He went to the cross for you, for me, and for the world. He went to his death so that we could have life. And now, the risen Lord Jesus commands us to follow him, to follow him to the cross, to our death, and to new life with him. He calls us to come and die to ourselves, die to our dreams, die to our desires, so that God can birth something greater inside us. Whoever wants to keep his life will lose it, Jesus says. But whoever loses his life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will find it. Abundant life does not consist in an abundance of possessions, in following our dreams, in realizing our greatest wishes. Abundant life is this, Jesus says, knowing God the Father through Jesus Christ His Son by the power of the Holy Spirit. Eternal life isn't just something that you experience when your life on earth is over. It's something that you can experience here and now in God's presence that will last forever in the new creation. God has way better plans for us than all that we can ask or imagine. The psalmist says, Many, Lord my God, are the wonders that you have done, the things that you have planned for us. God heals our hearts, restores our relationships, strengthens our weak knees, defeats the devil, delivers us from evil, and deepens our joy. He makes all things new, beginning 
with you. May his kingdom come here among us. Amen.